calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. What did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard. For team collaboration. We can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about. It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hey, everyone. This is John Rocco, one-third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to some bonus content for The Geek Buddies! Hey! Uh, if you can't tell, it is a little quiet and a little lonely here at Geek Buddies HQ. 
Uh, we are absent one John Stephen Roca. He is out on assignment. Yeah, he's in Australia right now, visiting this visiting a fancy set for an even fancier movie. Who do you think would win in a kangaroo boxing match, Roca or the kangaroo? I mean, I mm, I feel like the kangaroo might win, but John will talk about it for a very long time. <laughs> About and have a lot of reasons why he almost would have won. I would have won if, and the kangaroo probably cheated. Um, but our, our friend has a general fear of nature. We are we are not here to talk about John Roca's fear of dear Mother Nature. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, the fourth entry in HBO's Watchmen series. Right, the episode entitled "If You Don't Like My Story, Write Your Own." Which wow. Bold words. Um, but yeah, no, it was... Um, so yeah, so Shannon uh, and I... So we should introduce ourselves. Yeah. I am Michael Vogel. Hey, and this is Shannon McClung. Uh, and we are two-thirds of the Geek Buddies. Um, but, you know, we've been talking to you guys We're the Geek week. Buds. Geek Buds? It's geek Buds. Aww. We're missing the Ds. Aww. <laughs> Ds. <laughs> okay, sorry. Somebody, somebody had to do it. Um, so yeah, we've been talking about each episode of The Watchmen each week so that you guys can listen to this before you go into next week's episode, uh, because there's just so much to talk about, and this episode was no exception. Um, I don't know, Shannon, what did you think overall of the episode before we dive into specifics? Uh, what, were your, what were your thoughts? I think every episode, uh, the Gene Smart intro for episode three has been my favorite episode thus far. That being said, the fact that we got to meet Lady True, we're starting to get some more we're getting more answers. We're getting a few more questions. Um, the show is endlessly entertaining for me. I mean, I watched this episode a couple of hours before we recorded this. This is like, oh, I want it to be fresh, but also it's just so entertaining. Um, the idea that they are making the new eight wonders of the world or the eight wonders of the new world. Yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, Looking Glass, oh, his name is escaping me right now. The actor from Little Brother were at though. Um, you know yeah, who yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. Yep, yep, yep. Um, getting to see he... Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson, yes. Getting to see he and Regina King talk in his bunker and just have a very kind of for real conversation about the things that are going on. We find out he has an ex-wife that could maybe help out with uh, figuring out what those pills are that Louis Gossett Jr. was taking. Um it, it's it's a very satisfying mystery thus far. What did you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that um, I actually agree with you. I think that the Gene Smart episode, episode three, is still my favorite, um, mainly because Gene Smart just came in, just guns a blazing, and just killed it. Uh, but I do think that this episode is starting to unravel a lot of the questions that we've had so far. Yeah, you're starting to get a lot of context into things, and I also think one of the things that I really appreciate about these episodes is thematically they're all very on point even though we're dealing with the bigger mystery we're dealing with ties to the original comic book each one is almost its own little mini story uh and this week it was really a whole lot about legacy and uh what we leave behind and what that means to people and right off the bat where we meet um the Clark family, um, uh, the 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 farm family that can't have a kid with the last name Clark. Uh, you know, so for all you Superman fans out there, like not a very subtle reference. Uh, and and we meet Lady True for the first time, and she comes in, and we get uh, this whole speech about legacy, where she says that these people don't want to give up the farm because it is their legacy, but she knows that they weren't able to have a child. And then, like, just in the most baller move ever, it was like, oh, by the way, I already made your kid here it is 
you can either take it or you can't. And that's how she gets this farmland. And, uh, you know, so like right out. So a great introduction for a brand new character. B in the plus 40 women who are badasses. Watchmen is killing it um, between like Regina King and Jean Smart. And now uh, Lady True, like we just have these amazing, powerful, dynamic, interesting, fascinating women, which is kind of awesome. And as I said, you get sort of this big speech about legacy, which ends up tying into pieces throughout the rest of the episode. You know, we have, uh, is it Cal- Cam? Cal? Uh, Regina uh, King's husband, uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Cal. Cal. So we have him having that speech with his kids, where he basically says that when you die, that's it. You know, there's no God, there's no anything. God isn't real, right? Uh, and that like the life you live is just the life you live, and that's it. And then you have Lady True and Ozymandias. Uh, having these discussions about legacy or talking about legacy or what you leave behind. And it's just a really interesting thing because for anyone who read the original Watchmen knows, uh, you know, Ozymandias pretty full of himself and had his opinions on how he was going to change the world, uh, which ultimately led to a giant trans-dimensional squid landing in New York City. Right. And now you have this doomsday clock that Lady True is building that we don't know what it's going to do, but by the end of the episode, it is very clear that it is... It is, going it, it to is do counting something. down to do something. Yes, yeah, something is on the horizon. Um, so those were some of the big things that stuck out to me. Another thing that stuck out, because I don't know what the fuck it was, was Lube Man. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a fascinating thing to have this world where, you know, nobody is necessarily a superhero with the exception of like maybe Dr. Manhattan. But there are a lot of people running around in costumes and masks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that really um, the scene that really. Uh, clicked with me was when Gene Smart, Regina King, and the assistant were all driving out to Lady True's place, and they were basically talking about what, what sort of trauma puts someone behind a mask. And Gene Smart being so upfront with her assistant, be like, hey, tell, uh, tell Detective Knight, why did I do what I do? And she goes through, and again, we get some backstory on Watchmen for those of, for those of yeah. the audience that don't know the comics. As we've been saying, as I've been saying each week to week, like, and it's exactly what you said, like, that moment happened, and I'm like, this is a great character moment. Also, if you don't know Watchmen, here's where you get the information that you need to get. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine that we'll probably find out a little bit more. I mean, I don't know if Red Scare and Pirate Jenny, if they were part of White Knight and that's why they decided to go behind the mask. I imagine that is not the last we've seen of Lube Man, that he will be uh, slipping and sliding back in. But also, like... How shocked were you when he slid into the sewer? <laughs> I don't think Lube would do that on a street. I, okay. Granted, as, we, as, we as live someone, in an alternate world. Listen, as someone who's had more than a little experience with Lube, I think it would. On on the street? Sir, come now. Listen. Ooh. <laughs> West Hollywood can be a slippery place. That's all I'm saying. Um. <laughs> I will leave that alone. Um, but no, I do think, yeah, but to your point, I thought that what what Damon Lindelof is doing really well and what Alan Moore did in Watchmen is, in addition to being basically a sort of comic book-esque universe in itself, this show also breaks down what it means to be a hero, why people would do this, why grown people are running around in masks and stuff. And even though within the context of this show, you understand, like, the 7th Cavalry has a reason to wear masks. It's the same reason the Klan wears masks. Right. Um, but now the police also have a valid reason to wear masks because of White Knight. 
uh, they are protecting themselves. So there's everyone has a reason. And to Gene Smart's point, uh, that reason is also some level of trauma right. somewhere in your past that you're dealing with. White Knight itself is a traumatic event. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that it's just giving everyone free reign to go do a bunch of shit that they're not supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, and that that's ultimately the message of Watchmen, which is you're hiding your face and it probably means you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Now, we've talked about in the past how uh, this new this new iteration, this sort of sequel series, how it, it is mirroring the original comic. Yeah. How uh, the death of uh, Don Johnson is sort of the death of, com- of the comedian. Yep. Looking Glass is... It's a Rorschach-esque character. Yeah, but how Rorschach was basically the detective in, that, in the miniseries, and he was the one kind of figuring out. Do you put him more along the lines with Regina King, or do you put him more with Gene Smart? Um... Rorschach? Yeah. What, neither. I, because I think that, I don't think that Rorschach being a detective in the original series is the thing that is being mirrored here. And I could be wrong, but I think that what, what looking glass just visually, as we've talked about, really feels like an inverse of Rorschach to me. Yes. And I think also they're either playing for or against, like uh, the way Tim Blake Nelson is playing this character He's kind of weird. He eats food. Like, you know, like everything, the little things that they have him doing very seem like Rorschach was sort of this like degenerate, gross guy who kind of lived by his own sort of code. Yeah. Uh, and was not necessarily like kind of smelly, gross, didn't bathe. Like, there was a, there was a whole lot that was talked about about him. And, um, so I think that neither Gene Smart nor Regina King fall into that sort of you're weird, whereas Tim Blake Nelson is playing Looking Glass in a you're weird way. Even the fact that he has this bunker in his backyard, right. um, everything about him just seems like a uh, you kind of are you're out. I think the thing that they're playing with him that's interesting is I'm not quite sure if he should be trusted or he shouldn't be trusted. You know, like he, like he makes me he makes me nervous. Oh, I think he's so trustworthy. I think he's a little nuts. But I think he's so trustworthy. I think you're probably right, but I, there's just enough question about it that makes me sort of wonder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Lady True, um, the fact that her daughter may or may not be her clone, how she has that dream where she talks about that her feet hurt and how she was marked, you know, they, she had a dream where she was being marched, like my feet still hurt. And Lady True's reaction, her mother's reaction is good. And when she asks her to walk her back to bed, she basically says no. She just does say no. Yeah. It's very not good parenting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so yeah, then, then along the lines of that, uh, we also see where uh, Ozymandias, where Jeremy Irons is getting his clones from. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in a pond out back. Yeah. The, the, the clone baby lobster <laughs> trap. Honey, honey, go pick me some. Go go pick me some mushrooms and some fish and some clone babies. <laughs> um, yeah, but so we see where the clones come from. We see that he's making the clones. We also say that he's not the one. Ma- we, he says he's not the one making them. I'm not your maker, but I am your master. I yeah. believe is what he says. So we see that those are definitely, as most people suspected, uh, clones. Yeah. And then to your point with Lady True, with her daughter Bien having that weird dream, very that is very much. Of a of something that happened that she is not of an age where she would be there for. A lot of people are suspecting that she is probably a clone too. Yeah. Uh, so there's more and more similarity. I mean, Lady True bought Ozymandias's company when he was when it was taken away from him. She clearly seems to see herself as the uh, 
a heir apparent. A she seems to very much respect what Ozymandias was and what he represented, um, given that she has that statue of him, mm-hmm. and sees herself as the heir apparent. So, um, the fact that they both have these clones potentially that they're dealing with is also another interesting sort of wrinkle. And then um, at the end of the episode, when we see that Lady True is in cahoots. Um, with uh, with Angela's grandfather. Yeah, with Louis Gossett Jr.'s uh, uh, Will Reeves. With Will, Will Reeves. And then they have an interesting conversation where she knows that Will left those pills in the car uh, for Angela to find. The yeah. car that came crashing down at the end of episode three, and we pick up with that moment in episode four. Yeah, the passive-aggressive clues. Uh, and yeah, and she's kind of not too keen on her, that, and then he kind of accuses her of doing the same thing with BN. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, where she says, if you want to tell her who you are, just tell her. And he kind of turns around and says the same thing to her. So there's something interesting happening there. And then the other part that was really, really interesting was Angela's visit uh, to... The ancestral... The, uh, um, museum, yeah, 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 uh, heritage, the, the, yeah, the the Greenwood, the Greenwood Museum or whatever it's called, to the ancestry tree, <laughs> um, which is very clever and cute. Um, where she really has that beautiful moment again, dealing with legacy, uh, where she is kind of facing uh, uh, Will Reeves with Louis Gossett Jr.'s character and kind of saying, you know, okay, you found me, now leave me alone. Um, but so yeah, like this whole idea of knowing where you came from, knowing what you're leaving behind, uh, what you're doing while you're here. I mean, that just was such a prevalent thing throughout the episode, yeah. uh, which I thought was really, really interesting. Um, and then, yeah, and we leave kind of things with, uh, we have three episodes left? Four? No, five. Five. It's, oh, thank it's God. That made me so happy. I got really sad for a minute, and now I'm like really <laughs> glad. But five episodes left, but uh, how how long is the de- how long is the countdown by the end of the episode? Lady True say was it like three? I don't remember. Damn, I have to go back and look. But there's a the, we're on a countdown now. Yeah, like we're on a clock. Like we, she gives us the clock at the end of the episode where we're like, all right, well, we are counting down to something. So I, I have a feeling that the reveals uh, are going to start speeding up. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we also find out that uh, she is she is uncertain of her partnership. With Louis Gossett Jr., she yeah. doesn't think he has the the chutzpah to see it through. Yeah, that's it's it's gonna oh. be interesting. You know what he does have though? Legs, working legs. Yeah, those legs work. <laughs> you don't need no wheelchair. Um, so yeah, they're just uh, what I do love about this, and I know that some people don't love this about Damon Lindelof, and it did get a little tiring with Lost. But I love when a question that you had is answered. But just leads to a bigger question. Yeah, uh, you know, like you're talking about the car being taken up into the sky. Well, sure. As an example, like okay, this car gets pulled up into the sky at the end of episode two, comes crashing down in episode three, and everyone's like, "What the fuck is it, Doctor Manhattan? Is it Night Owl? Like, what is it? What does it could be?" We're like, okay, well, it's Lady True. Like, it's pretty clear. Like, she has the machinery. She clearly, uh, you know, rescued Will Reeves. Yeah. Uh, he had the car returned with the pills in it. So asked and answered. Like, we got. There, there was a mystery. It's been resolved. It leads to a lot more questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I you mean, know? I loved the the uh, as it, the show was going into the closing credits. The use of the time is on my side. Yeah, I mean, just really, really smart and entertaining storytelling. And to your point, smart music choices. Yeah, I mean, every song that is chosen is chosen. Very specific, very deliberately. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any guesses on where we're going to be going? Like next, like what? Uh, 
Well, I mean, I know the next episode, which um, is going to be coming out on Sunday, which is titled Little Fear of Lightning. Um, from the next week on, it seems like we're going to be getting a little bit more of Looking Glass and the fact that he goes to a basically a support group for people that believe in the trans-dimensional attacks, and that's how the squids get there. Um, it looks like he's going to be more the focus. Um, well, because we did get a moment of that as well, by the way, in his bunker. He oh, talks he about the, the dark, squids. Like a dark room. He's yeah. in a dark room. He's, he photographs the squids. He believes that they are just sent from that other dimension and that they just kind of get sent here and they die. And he clearly feels sympathetic for the little buggers. Yeah, yeah, which which elicited a, man, you're fucking weird. Yep. <laughs> from Regina King. And what was it he said? Uh, oh, God, he had such a about, great line. <laughs> Something about her being self-aware. Yeah. Um, yeah, you are, yeah, and you are self-aware enough to realize. <laughs> <laughs> I I super enjoy Jean Smart putting everything together as she's talking about like, hey, we got another lead on uh, another lead on your on your car. Like we dusted it for fingerprints. We got your husband. We got your kids. Some friends, and there was one set of prints that came back as someone that was over a hundred years old. So someone that used to be a cop back in the fifties. And she's like, and you know how someone who uh, someone who's over hundred years hundred years old gets around in a, in a wheelchair. wheelchair? Yeah, her delivery is great, and it is you, you're right. It's great watching her put it together. And I think the other thing that's great is watching Regina King and Gene Smart act together, and watching uh, Angela, Regina King's character, slowly trying to figure out how much she can, can I trust should, this person? can should or will trust Gene Smart. You know, yeah. like like that there is a grudging respect and they are slowly coming together yeah and uh you know i think that we are kind of seeing and i don't know who else there's going to be you know and there's other I, I, we don't know what's happening with lube man he's gonna slip back into this story at some point <laughs> slide back out again um but you know much like with uh watchmen like so if it's you know there's gene smart there's angela is it going to be looking glass who else who are our heroes that are going to end up kind of coming together do you think we're going to see night owl in this in this i kind of feel like we got to i mean what comedian's dead so he's dead comedian's dead we know we know we're going to see dr manhattan like that was in the trailer yeah we know we'll see dr manhattan at some point mm -hmm. we've seen ozymandias we've seen uh Silk Spectre. Yeah. Uh, we know that Night Owl is alive and that he's in prison. Yeah. So I kind of feel at some point we've got to. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I mean, the thing that's interesting with uh, Will Reeves, with Louis Gossett Jr.'s character, just as Lady True is saying, I don't know that I can trust you or not. Mm -hmm. Now that we know he can stand, is he going to stand with his granddaughter? You know, I mean, like there's there like. I, I, I do feel like the satisfying story that we build to in any kind of superhero story, even if it's a uh, against type sort of anti superhero superhero story like this is, is that we are going to have a group of people uh, in masks or out of masks standing up against everybody else. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see who that ends up, who, who, who that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And also like one more thing before we wrap it up here, but um, when Gene Smart said that, you know, whoever this guy, these fingerprints, whoever this, those fingerprints belong to, that they were a cop in the fifties, Hollis Mason, night owl number one from the comic um, wrote the, you know, sort of the tell all of his time as night owl number one. And that them putting on the masks, they started off as policemen and they put on the mask because the bad guys were wearing the masks. And that was sort of their response. And the fact that, Will Reeves was also a policeman in the 50s, is lending more 
more credence to the fact that he may have been one of the Minutemen. Yeah. Maybe Hood of Justice. Um, yeah, it is. It is fascinating. I, as we've been going through and, and Watchmen has been on more and more people are checking it out. I've had a lot of conversations and I think this is a good place to kind of end it and wrap it up. I'm just curious as your thoughts like, and we've talked about this, like we've all read Watchmen. And a lot of uh, a lot of you guys listening have read Watchmen. You're familiar with it. You're familiar with what we're talking about. But a lot of people watching this uh, have maybe seen the Zack Snyder movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. And a lot of people are just checking this out. And it's fascinating to hear. Uh, it's sort of split down the middle in the people that I'm talking to. Some people are on board for the ride and they love to go find a comic book friend and like ask them questions right. to get context. And some people are just like, I don't know what I'm watching. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about the wisdom of doing a show that kind of like you basically have to study up for? I think if you, I think if it were on any other network, I think it would be ill-advised, but because I think HBO is a subscription network and you were deliberately going there, you're paying extra money that, um, that is the one place where it's like the people are paying the extra money. They're going to do a little more research. Do you think, and this is probably a bigger conversation for like the main show, but, uh, just, I'm just curious about it as we're thinking about it, that with the streaming services and the subscription services like HBO kind of going in this direction that we're getting these shows. Uh, do you think that like in a, in a post Marvel cinematic universe universe, audiences are better trained for the fact that sometimes you've got to do a little homework before you can come to something? I think certain audiences are. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Watchmen is a four-quadrant show. Oh, for sure not. Um, but in terms of what you were talking about with Marvel, I mean, you know, my sister, you know, I put it on Instagram a few couple months ago when she came out. She's like, I want to watch Endgame because everyone says how good it is. Um, what do I need to watch? Yeah. And so I, I think... Marvel specifically, it'll be interesting going forward how Kevin Feige went out and said, like, you're going to need to watch the Disney Plus shows to kind of know what's going on. It'll be curious to see the effect, if that has an effect on the box office. Yeah, I only ask that my parents uh, have gotten around to it, and they asked me what Watchmen was. Yeah. And I was trying to explain the comic book, which explaining Watchmen, the comic book, to your parents is is a challenging <laughs> thing at best. Uh and and also Watchmen, it's dense. Like I mean, that's twelve issues of comic book. That's a year's worth of comics that you have to go in and read. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a and it's and it's a difficult world to get into, right? As well, because you're dealing with superheroes that you do not recognize, right? So it's a lot of a lot. So I was just I was curious about it, but uh, regardless, I am having the absolute time of my life. As uh, am I. I get so excited every Sunday. I kind of wake up realizing that there's a new Watchmen, uh, and I'm thrilled about it. So. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, you know, tweet at us, uh, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, Shannon, what else do they need to do? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow the absent John Roca uh, for both platforms, it's at the Roca says. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MK Tune. Send John a little, a little good day. A little good day down in australia uh yeah and uh you know we absolutely leave us comments leave us thoughts uh absolutely rate us give us stars give us feedback uh the more that you rate us the more feedback you give us the higher up we go and the more buddies we get and so uh that is it for this bonus content of Watchmen. we're gonna stick with you guys for the rest of the series so check out this week's episode tune in next week to hear what we thought about it and uh we will talk to you guys soon on the Geek Buddies! Hey!
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.